Good morning, and welcome to Ask the Pro, a paid commercial program. The opinions expressed are those of the participating clients and not necessarily those of the management and staff of WLVL. Ask the Pro is an informational-based program designed to advertise the product and or service of the client and to introduce them to the WLVL listening audience. Your questions and comments are welcome throughout the show. Just call 716-433-1433. And good morning, everybody. Today is Friday, May 26th already, and we have our in-house guest, Dr. Ken Curves from Curves Family Wellness and Chiropractic. Good morning, Dr. Ken. How's things this morning? Good morning, Eric. Things are great. What a beautiful day. It looks it looks really nice out there. It's still a little bit cool, but for me that that's a perfect that's a perfect outside working day. So I'm Absolutely. I'm I'm in hundred percent on yeah. that. Yeah. Yep. We're here on a holiday weekend, so um you know, hopefully um, I don't have office hours on Fridays. So for me, it gives me a little extended four-day weekend, which is really kind of nice. I don't get that very often, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's nice. I'm, I, yeah, well, I get off it when we're done this morning, and then <laughs> I'm not back on the air again until Tuesday morning. So we have a break from the radio station, and of course, it's good. I've got a lot of yard work, a lot of, you know, a lot of things to do. You know, I mean, we, we talked about this before, but my house was just finally successfully completed, finished painting last week. Ah, I got it done. You know, so it's done. I am absolutely ecstatic how, how it turned out. And, you know, it was way overdue. It was in need of a paint job for quite some time. And, and finally, we were able to accomplish it and accomplish it the way that I wanted it to have it done. So very happy with the outcome. Isn't that nice when a plan comes together? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. It is so nice. And, uh, a uh, gentleman by the name of Roosevelt Mitchell out of Medina. He was the he was the lead painter. He was is his company that painted it for me, and um, he was just a joy to work with. And he just never let if there was even the slightest mistake or not right or whatever. He just was right there, fixed it up, got it done. You know, came back last week. Came back because there was a small area I saw that had been missed, and it was like no questions asked. Just yep, in there, did it. Went above and beyond, and uh, thrilled with their work and and how they, um, you know, all they literally brought my house back to life again. It's quite nice. I like it. I so, like it yeah. a lot. Thanks. All right. So for those of you who are just joining us, we have Dr. Ken Kirsch from Kirsch uh, Wellness and Chiropractic. They are located at seven forty one Davison Road, right here in Lockport. And if you would like to call and get a consultation with the good doctor, you can call his office. At 434-0671. That's 434-0671. But for today's purposes, if you would like to join our conversation here on air, which we strongly encourage people to do, don't be afraid to call in, ask a question, comment, or air your concerns. 433-1433. Callers are always, always welcome in that. Absolutely. That's, that's the fun part you know, of the show. Two weeks ago when we were on, on the air, um, you know, we had some really good calls that I just really enjoyed. And that's the kind of thing that I like to, that's the whole purpose of why I'm here is, you know, not just to, you know, shoot my mouth off, but to, to be able to help people in whatever way. And here's an opportunity for people to, you know, talk to me one-on-one and, and um, air their, you know, concerns and stuff like that and, and see if we can't come to either a solution or at least some direction in which they can go in with it. Um, so, you know, that's the, the purpose. Again, you know, a month ago we did a show and we, we had, I don't think we had any calls that show. And that's very rare 
here and over 30 years of doing this, I can count on one hand the number of yeah. times we didn't have calls. And, you know, it's just, it's a different, it's a different feel when I don't want to just sit here and just talk to you and me. And I, I mean, I love you, Eric, but <laughs> it's just, too, it, it should be more about, it should be more about people out there and um, answering their particular questions. That's right. And, what, and the nice thing about what I've observed over the last couple of years of, of doing these shows with you is that you can help people define the problem. Because sometimes they have a question, but they can't define exactly what the question yeah. or what the problem is. And, of course, 50% of a resolution or a solution to a problem is, is being able to define what the problem is. Yeah. And so you can put and, it in and terms. Some, and what, this is what pe- – sometimes I take this for granted because of my education and my training and because of being in this healthcare world for 40 years now. To me, it's second nature, okay? It's like to me, someone will say something. I go, well, that's obvious. But to the general lay public, it is not the least bit obvious. You know, people will sometimes say something to me in this shocking revelation. And I'm thinking to myself, well, that's no surprise to me. You know, I mean, it, it just because that's the, you know, that's what when you take these steps, this is what you could expect. So I'll never forget years ago, I had a patient of mine. She had been a patient of mine for a number of years. Lovely lady. We had a great relationship. And she came to me. And she was the classic person, and, and, and picture this, the, like a very petite woman, very small. Um, she was older. She was in her 70s um, and showed every bit of the 40 or 50 years of smoking cigarettes, okay? Every bit of the wear and tear on her body, mm-hmm. her skin, her voice, and everything, every other aspect of that. And she came to me one day. And she was absolutely devastated because they just diagnosed her with emphysema. And I, and I was just so taken back, you know, and, and, and especially in this day and age with the knowledge that we have and know what smoking does to people, that she was absolutely shocked and devastated that she had this diagnosis because somebody actually finally said it to her. When in fact, I had thought of, I had thought that for years. I mean, it was like there was no surprise. Right. You know, every every aspect of her behavior indicated that. You know, um, and and I find that unfortunate that people will literally abuse themselves. You know, their entire lives, and then are shocked when they get that diagnosis of cancer or of diabetes or of you know some other um, you know life altering disease. Um, and yet when you just reflect back and look at what they've done in their lives, you know, I've said this before on the show, I says, you are today a direct reflection of what you have done in the past and you will be tomorrow exactly as a result of what you're doing today. You know, so it's a choice. So, you know, if you're going to smoke two packs of cigarettes a day, there's a price to pay for it. Yes, you will get that exception to the rule that'll get away with it. Okay. That'll get away with it. They'll be 90 years old and, and stuff. But what happens if that person didn't smoke? Could they have gone to 110? You know, I don't know. Is that possible? You know, I think it is. I mean, the human body from every aspect of science indicates that the human body is designed to live 120 years. We're not even close to that. You know, life expectancy is like mid, mid to high seventies, well, you know, yeah. and yet we're, our bodies are, are designed to live 120 years. So something's going wrong. Something's not right within this situation. And, you know, I just had a patient of mine whose, whose father passed away and he was, he was 63 years old, you know, oh. And I'm going, and he had, he had lung cancer. 
um, of course, smoker and the whole scenario. But it's so sad to die at such a young age, you know, um, when it was something that is preventable, you know, and again, how we, you know, what we put in our mouths, what we expose ourselves to our environment are direct results of, you know, how we're going to turn out in the long run. So it's all a choice, you know. Absolutely. And I'm just looking it up. There's a, um, it's a biblical, Genesis 6, 3. And, huh. and their years shall be 20, 120. Yeah, yeah. You know, See, uh, there's a biblical reference to that. Yes. But there's also a scientific reference right, to because that. Right, okay. because the science always proves the Bible right. 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 And, and that's, and that's the, the whole thing is that, that, you know, that's the way we are designed. And there are people who have lived, you know, to there, you know, so, I mean, it's, it's been done, you know, it's just, um, you know, we just don't do it. We, we abuse ourselves. And especially in, in this day and age, it's more difficult. See, a hundred years ago, you know, the biggest cause of death was, uh, trauma and infection. Right. You know? I mean, people got shot and killed or, or they, you know, cut themselves and developed an infection and they died as a result of that. Now it's not that. Okay. It's chronic disease. It's the diabetes. It's mm-hmm. the blood pressure. It's the, you know, the cholesterol issues. It's all of those things, yeah. the heart disease. You know, you, you know, you don't, you didn't hear about those things years ago. Right. We got a call. Let's go ahead yeah. and get to the phone. John, John Crapper saved more lives than we could Absolutely. ever imagine. Absolutely. He was brilliant. Good morning, caller. You are on WLVL with Dr. Ken Kerbs. What is your uh, thought, question, or comment? Uh, good morning. Good morning. Dr. Kerbs. Yeah, in, there was an article in uh, Atlantic Magazine by investigative reporter Janet Snowen that said that in, uh, when Hillary Clinton was Secretary of State, she secretly had DNA samples collected at, at the embassy there, U.S. Embassy from the foreign uh, heads of state and uh, United Nations officials. It state that you know, most people don't know that the U.S. Patriot Act in 2001, Section 817, expansion of the biological weapons state, gives the U.S. government immunity from violating its own biological weapons laws. You know, the U.S. has immunity from developing biological weapons because of national security. They're not supposed to use them on the offense, but on the defense to protect themselves from the other countries doing the same. Mm-hmm. This was never mentioned during the COVID pandemic. <laughs> I mean, but doesn't it make yeah. sense then when yeah. you look back at the events that happened yeah. with, with, with Dr. Fauci and all that stuff? Yeah, I mean it, that's hard to believe. What? Well, you know, we're only developing this because to protect ourselves for defense, which is the biggest lie out there. You know, and, but we will we'll never use it as offensive weapon. Right, right, right. Now, so so tell me something. In that article, did it state what was the purpose of taking these DNA samples of these foreign diplomats? Well, just what I said. They said for the. National security. What, what does from. what does their if DNA have to? Yeah, develops a biological weapon. The U.S. can protect its people from. Yeah, I'm just wondering what the DNA of a particular individual, how that's going to uh, protect us. You know, to pro- well, you're probably looking at ways to how 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 they could offensively yeah. develop something yeah. against you know, other nations. I think what people don't realize is how much goes on behind the scenes within our government that is not 
probably all all in our best interest, you know. And you saw it. You just saw it happen over the last three years. Okay, you know, all the data is coming out now. How absolutely ineffective. I was just going over a, a podcast this morning, you know, dealing with how incredibly ineffective and had virtually no um, change in the outcome on the whole lockdowns for whatever year and a half that, that they did, you know, with this well, pandemic. I just heard on the news that said, you know, there's there's a number of 10,000 sample they did. I think the, well, the CDC, there's still people... <laughs> With these long-term effects, stuff they never had before, they had the, the vaccines. Right, right. Now, that's an interesting thing. In this study that came out that I just saw this morning, not only did the lockdowns and masks and all this stuff had virtually no effect on this thing. The one thing they said is the only thing the vaccine prevented more deaths. Now, my question is, how do you know that? Okay, how do you know that that person that either got the disease or or whatever was going to die. There's nothing to tell me that that person was going to die. I mean, I know many, many, many people who got it and survived quite fine. There was a very specific demographic of average age 82 years old um, with comorbidities. Of 75% had four or more comorbidities. These were extremely sick people to begin with. Those were the vulnerable ones. Yet, we didn't just approach those people. We went after everybody. They went after six-month-old babies, okay? You know, they went after everybody, um, and that's wrong. And and the data is all proving that out now, and yet everybody goes, oh hush hush, don't talk about that. You know that's ridiculous. You know well, this is well, the was, well, everyone everyone knows that. I mean, yeah, I guess you're not supposed to mention it publicly that it was a money grab by oh, companies. Just, yeah, yeah, it was it was horrible, just horrible what they did. And even with all the data coming out, how ineffective it was, the side effects, the you know any other drug that would have come out that had as many side effects and, and adverse events as a result of that would have been taken off the market very quickly. And yet, you still see Pfizer and these other companies just still pushing it down people's throats. Um, well, they're trying to get their whole drug drug thing towards the mRNA because it's much cheaper to produce that stuff than you know than yeah. to grow grow samples in laboratories and get the antibodies from them. Right. Even as ineffective as it was and the side effects it was, they're still pushing that technology again because it's more profitable. It's quicker. You know, they can get it to market much faster. You know, so, yep, there's again, there's ulterior motives there. They're trying to convert all all their their vaccine stocks to to the, like you said, mRNA status because and isn't isn't I think that's I think that's very um, unfair. Um, especially with the uh, under 18 group, because so many of these vaccines are mandated that they, um, they don't get a choice. You know, once you're over 18, you have a choice. You're not mandated for anything, but, but under 18, you are mandated. And, um, that creates a, a really huge problem knowing the, the adverse events that can occur as a result of these things and not allowing a person to have a choice. Um, you know, yeah, literally forcing it. But I just wonder, what well, at the beginning of the pandemic, if they did allow ivermectin yeah. to be used, what effect would that have? Would well, they shut look, down their vaccine program? Uh, that, that was the reason they stepped on it so hard, because ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine were two um, very cheap, very inexpensive, uh, uh, inexpensive uh, medications that had tremendous impacts. I mean, you saw doctors out there, you know, um, showing 
100% success rate, you know, with knocking down the viral load um, in the beginning with these things. And they stepped on that immediately. I mean, you saw how the media trashed it. I mean, they just trashed it hard. Um, and then they, and then the, the doctors who were out there talking about it, they stepped on all of them and, um, literally, um, threatened their licenses and threatened everything. They, they shut them up very quickly, you know, so all of a sudden, um, that was, you know, it was touted as the horse tranquilizer. Well, you know what? Hate to tell you that, but there's a lot of medications that are used in the veterinary world the same as are used in the human world. You know, so it's not uncommon to see to see a crossover, you know, into the into both fields of science. We're all mammals, you know, so we all have a, a smaller dosage. Yeah. yeah, and and it's just it's so ridiculous in what they did with that, and yet they knew they they saw right away how effective it was, but the agenda was not. That the narrative didn't allow that, so as a result of that, you know, because listen, look at they came out with the drugs that were like some of the most expensive drugs ever, and the whole vaccine thing. If if if, if this problem could have been solved with ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, they would have lost the whole edge that they had. You know, they just would have done it because I mean that was stuff. That stuff was super cheap. You know, you're talking about you know you're talking about five or ten dollars for you know an entire series of uh, dose dosages for something like that. You know, that stuff is sold over the counter in other countries. Well, you know. like before before the pandemic, Moderna was was ready to go bankrupt. Right. For eight years, they never made a profit on any of their their yeah. research. Wow! Didn't that change? Huh. <laughs> Well, yeah, you're talking like, like like something like fifty to eighty billion, billions, billions and billions. Yes, you know, what, yep. what they they expected this to go on and on. Yeah, you know, it's an ongoing thing yeah. now. Moderna and Pfizer both um, uh, came out smelling good right now. You know, I recently saw a CDC chart about the recommendation for children at, at six months. They want children to start yep. with. They got COVID vaccines in there. That's I know. It's it's insane. It's insane. There has never. I mean, it is a rare, rare situation when you know pretty much anybody under the age of forty, you know, that died as a result of of COVID. You know, and to sit there and mandate those type of things and put that in. See, once they get it into the childhood vaccine schedule, they've got it made because then it's forever, and there's no liability. Okay, there's no liability. So the thing is, is was during the during the emergency use authorization, there was no liability. But if they get it into the into the mandated vaccine schedule, that that no liability remains. You know, so you can get your kid vaccinated, have a horrible side effect, or lose your child as a direct result of it, and you have no recourse um, because that's well, what the government says you have to do. It'd be interesting ten to twenty years from now to, to, to see. What side effects? Oh, millions of people got COVID vaccine. Right, you're seeing so much of it occurring already. Not, not you don't have to wait that long, but but you're seeing it already. You know, and there's huge situations with that. So, um, you know, again, it's frustrating because you know there there are the powers that be that have uh, far more control over this situation. You know, you realize I don't know when I was a child, you got about four vaccinations and you were fully compliant. Okay. By 1986, the schedule was 14 vaccines, and that was from 0 to 18 years of age. 1986, a law was passed by, Gov- uh, by President Reagan, you know, stating that because they were screaming and yelling about all the liability issues with flu vaccines and all these vaccines, that in- they were going to threaten to stop making them. So President Reagan signed into law 
a bill or a law that stated that there is no liability from the vaccine manufacturer or the doctor that that administers the vaccine if a person has an adverse side effect. And therefore, they set up this, quote, um, fund within the government that if somebody was damaged, that they the government would would uh, reimburse them in some ridiculously menial way. Um, So at that time in 1986, the vaccine schedule was 14. The current vaccine schedule now, because now all of a sudden we open the door, we open Pandora's box. All of a sudden, no liability. You know, we can do whatever we want. There's no liability and huge profits. The current vaccine schedule went from 14 in 1986 to the current schedule of 72. Okay. Now tell me something. When I was a child and four vaccines made me fully compliant, but yet a child today, it's 72. Where, what, what went so wrong with us? Okay. When you look at children of 50 years ago, okay. And you look at the overall health, both physically and mentally, and then you look at today, there's no comparison. Our, our schools are jam-packed with special education children. We have entire fields. We have entire schools. We have entire facilities designated to learning disabilities, autism, you know, uh, memory disorders, uh, behavioral issues and all that stuff. You just didn't see that back then. Now they'll always say, well, it's just better diagnosed now. It's like, no, 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 no. Even the most ignorant people who have any ounce of observation could see that. Even back then, like in the 50s and 60s, you never heard of all these peanut allergies like they have now. Absolutely not. It didn't exist. And, And you know what? One of the reasons for the peanut allergies... Do you, do you understand some of the reasons for that? Because peanut oil is used in some of the vaccine, in the, some of the vaccines. The thing is, they don't have to list that as an ingredient because it's considered safe. However, with peanut oil, you are taking a protein and you are injecting it into a human body. And the body's natural response is to create antibodies against that. So all of a sudden you see kids now who have horrible peanut allergy. You can't go into a school school now that there isn't a sign on the door saying some kid in this classroom has a peanut allergy, so you can't bring in any kind of baked good or anything like that that has peanuts, you know, or even associated with peanuts. Because this child, I mean, there are people that are so sensitive that they could, like, if I ate a peanut butter sandwich and then kissed my daughter who had a peanut allergy, I could potentially kill her as a result of that. Okay, they're that sensitive. The COVID vaccines, which we really don't know what's inside those. And this attacks the the nuclear part of of, of the cell. Yes. You know, we don't don't know what what effects that's going to have. You're going to see in the next few years, you're going to see it. And, and you know, when someone starts waking up and, and, and truly reporting on it, you're going to see the, the long-term detrimental effects of these things. It, it's, but but it's is, is that seven years uh, 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 approval thing for, for the COVID vaccine still in effect? I, I do not know what – I, I mean, don't know what this – You don't hear anything. Are they even keeping records of it now? Yeah. Once they get it – get it uh they wanted everything in emergency you know once they got the one everything else was emergency right right it's amazing how long they carry that whole thing on out you know oh. emergency use emergency use. Oh, okay doctor it's good speaking yeah. with you thank you so much I, I always appreciate your comments thank you thank you all right thanks caller interesting interesting observations there yeah it's it's so frustrating yeah so, so frustrating you know it's it's, uh, it's funny when you were talking about they made between 50 and 80 billion dollars 
Yeah. You know, to, to put things into perspective, between a million, which is a lot, and a billion, which is really a lot, a billion seconds ago was 12 days ago. A, I mean, so a million seconds was 12 days ago. A billion seconds was 31 years ago. So there's a real big difference between a million and a billion. Yeah, there's a lot. And that's, it's just, it's mind-boggling the amount of zeros and and how that money, the transfer of wealth has taken place. And and yet what frustrates me is the um, absolute compliance that everybody thinks it's okay. You know, there's a few voices out there speaking up. But that the the general public just says, "Oh, no big deal." You know, I get to I get to go to a Bills game now because I got vaccinated. Really, that that would you you would take the risk of altering the remainder of your life forever because you wanted to go to a Bills game. And I, I had people tell me that why well, couldn't go to the Bills game. Yep, it's like so I got the vaccine. It's like, are you kidding me? Yep. I couldn't go across the border to Canada because I got the vaccine. It's like, are you kidding me? You know, because people couldn't wait. You know, they just had to they had to do it. I mean, they got the vaccine for the most insane reasons. Yeah, but he might get because they were going to give me a donut. I had one patient of mine. His their his employer paid them three hundred dollar bonus if they got the vaccination. Three hundred dollar bonus. Wow. Okay, you talk about incentives. You know, it's like, you know what? Usually in medicine, incentives are illegal. Okay, they're illegal. I can't, I can't give a person a deal because that's considered an incentive, and therefore that is illegal. But what did they do? Here, we'll give you a Paula's donut if you get your vaccine. Really? Or we'll let you go to the Bills game or to Shea's Theater or whatever. You know? Do you see any of that now? Do you see people holding out their vaccine cards now? Heck, no. You know, you can you can go across the border with like nothing. You know, no no big deal. Nobody even asks a question. But yet, a year and a half ago, oh my god! Oh well, my yeah, god. With, with that couple that got arrested at the Bills Stadium for having false vaccine cards. Oh. You know, now the question is, what's going to happen to them now? Now that it's not illegal anymore, yeah, those people probably would have been put in front of a firing squad back in the day because they were so horrible that how dare they forge that? Yeah, you know, how dare they? Yeah, and I, I think they're still going through the legal and isn't that ramifications of that, yeah, even though it's not. I mean, was there even a law? In order for there to be a crime committed, there no, must be a law against they, the action. They, they, the thing is, they take a pe- people like that and they just make an example of them to instill the fear, so that nobody else will even think about doing that kind of stuff. Right. You know, it's just it's incredible. And you know, when you went to events like that. Who is checking that closely? You know, you think you got 80,000 people coming into a stadium. You think someone's going to investigate that vaccine card to make sure it's legit? Hell no. People would just sit there and go flash it in front of their face. Okay, see you later. Yep, keep going. Keep going. You know, but for some reason, those people got targeted. However, that happened, Hmm. you know, and um, they made a big deal out of it. Yeah. You know, it's... It, it truly is amazing that in our in our quote free society today, that this last three years could have even happened. Right. And then when you look at you look at other countries um, that didn't have access to the vaccine, look at Africa. 
Africa did swimmingly through the whole pandemic. Right. Yeah, did they have deaths? Absolutely. Did it affect people? Absolutely. <laughs> did they have the devastating results that the blue states in you know in in our in our country it was all the it was very politically divided okay sure was you know it was it was like the worst possible hit states were all the democratic states it's like wait a minute here how can they viruses don't work that way viruses are not political you know viruses don't um they don't pick and choose they don't care what color your skin is they don't care how old you are they don't care how much money you make okay there is no control when it comes to those things and yet you saw very, very specific things happening that just didn't make sense well, when you look at the big picture. Yeah, one of the articles I read was this this woman was on a mission to get the vaccine to a remote, remote part of Alaska for people to, to get the vaccine because they were having a breakout. It's like, wait a minute. How did that happen? Yeah. It's Alaska. It's a very remote, desolate part of this planet. Right. And all of a sudden now there's an, an emergency in this remote. I mean. Yeah, because that's what because people would do things like that and they would they would sensationalize those little isolated situations. So, I mean, was the was the area like decimated by the disease or there was an outbreak? So, yes, some people got sick. Yes. And if so, if some people died. What were the circumstances in which they died? Were there any, you know, uh, concurring, you know, comorbidities? Were there any other factors in, involved with this thing? You know, again, there was just too much games. Listen, when again, being in the medical profession in in March of 2020 is when this thing finally, when basically the crap hit the fan. Okay, and literally within that first week, everybody was issued the new ICD-10 diagnostic code for COVID. Okay, wait a minute here. There was too much planning ahead of time. Yeah. Okay. You don't just do that. You just come up with okay? that. Okay. You don't yeah. just come up with that. You know, and then the incentives, you know, the incentivization for, you know, the, the, uh, having that diagnosis on the chart and having a person put on a ventilator, the incentive for that. And then the fact that we're paying, if you die, if COVID is on your death certificate, we're paying for your funeral or your cremation. You know, all of those things are incentivizing the situation and i say dramatically inflating the uh the numbers dramatically inflating the numbers oh absolutely you know if we had a if we had um counters on our tv screens every day about how many people died every day of heart disease you know it would start getting people's attention you know cuz it's still the number one killer you right. know and yet 50 60 years ago you rarely heard of heart disease okay you didn't hear that stuff. I mean, it happened, but you just didn't hear about that. Right. You know, maybe we should eat some more processed food. Absolutely. More processed food, more sugar. Yeah. yeah. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Dr. Ken Curbs here on WLVL 1340 AM. Um, and always remember, too, that if you miss any of these conversations, you can go to WLVL.com, hit the podcast button, choose your show, choose your date. It's very, very user friendly uh, website, so you can get. All of the uh, programming for the last several years that Dr. Ken has been on the show, and you can and you can see that his story has been consistent from day one to today, as far as how he sees things in the medical world in the 
political there has, world. There has been the nothing world. to convince me to change my point of view Agreed. in the last three years. Right. Nothing has convinced me to change my point of view. And we invite um, you to join the conversation. Yeah. Just call 433-1433-433-1433. Jump on the bad wagon. Tell us what you think because it's important. Yeah. You know, it's so funny because when I came on when I came on the air today, I'm thinking, what am I going to talk about today? And, you know, last two weeks ago, we kind of started touching the base on diet and things like that. And I started talking a little bit about mine. And I wanted to go into that. But right now we're running too long long on time too short on time i want to i would love to do a whole show on just that um and, and discuss more but you know just about you know when we look at what can i do to make myself less likely to be um susceptible to any disease okay even the comic i mean so first of all personally me i haven't he- had in in the last 40 years okay i've had about maybe three sinus infections. That's it. Never had the flu. Never really had a cold. Just do not get sick. Just doesn't happen to me. Why, why do I, why am I like that? Why does, you know, am I quote so lucky? No, there's very d- distinct intentions of what I do with my life and how I eat and how I look at, you know, my attitude and how I exercise and things like that, that are all preventative type methods that do that. Our healthcare system is not a preventative uh, form of healthcare at all. Going to your doctor every six months and having them listen to your heart rate and your, and your blood pressure is not preventative. That's just observational and they wait until something falls apart. There's nothing, not a thing being done. You know, I love when doctors tell their patients, well, eat healthy. Well, you know what? The average person has no idea what eating healthy is, especially when you have our standard American diet. Which is, you know, the, the standard American diet consists of something like 60% carbohydrates per day, you know, of their diet. And it's like, are you kidding me? There's no nutritional requirement in the human body for carbohydrates, yet 60% of our diets are, are carbohydrates. We look at, you know, the obesity issue in our, in our country today. It is out of control, out of control. You know, when you have, you know, five and six year old children developing type two diabetes, not type one, but type two diabetes at, you know, under the age of 10, that is insane. That is not something going wrong. That is what are you feeding your children? What are you feeding yourself? Okay. We, we have, we have two industries that are so intimately tied into each other. That is the food industry and the pharmaceutical industry are so entangled with each other that you can't separate them. And as a result of that, we literally create the illnesses by the diets we eat. And then we have the, quote, the solution to them. You know, you see, it's, you're hard pressed to find a person over 40 years of age that is not on one of what I call the big three, the blood sugar, the blood cholesterol, and the blood pressure drugs. Okay. Very few people under the age of 40 or over the age of 40 are not on at least one, if not all three of those. And all three of those are totally controlled by your lifestyle and what you put in your mouth. Okay. So it's just very frustrating when we know what can be done to help people and yet we refuse to do it because you know what i really like my pop tarts and i really like drinking my beer and eating my potato chips and i really like um you know having that starbucks you know or the or the one day when i was at uh, tim hortons i don't drink coffee anymore at all. i was in line at tim hortons a number of years ago and this girl goes up to the counter and she gets a coffee with five sugars five sugars and like five creams. It's like, why are you drinking coffee? 
Why are you even drinking coffee? You know, that's like a car, a, a cup of carbs with coffee flavor in it, you know. And it just, it just amazed me that people do this, you know. So, so they eat, they eat and drink all of the things that are going, that are literally creating the vast majority of health problems in our society today. And, and the, the, the overwhelming majority are because of what you're putting in your mouth. I, it, it blows my mind, you know, and yet people will judge me for the way I eat or how I live my lifestyle. It's like, okay, you know, it's a choice. Uh, let's see, let's see how the long-term effects go. <laughs> see who lives longer. Yeah, let's see. Let's see. When I look at my peers in my age group, I think mm, I'm not doing too bad. You know, I'm doing pretty good. You know, I look at people ten years younger than me. I say, you know what, I'm doing pretty good. You yeah, kind of like kind of like the direction I'm going in. You know, and again, it's a choice. You know, am I pure and clean a hundred percent of the time? Absolutely not. You know, no, I'm not. But ninety eight percent of the time, I am. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's where the payoff comes. You know, it was interesting because coffee was my last, I would call it my last uh, crutch or my last thing that really was kind of holding on to me or I say controlling me and, you know, I allowed it to control me. I loved coffee, loved it, you know, drank a lot of coffee, black, always black, never sugar, never cream, never nothing, just black. And it was a year ago now. And I finally said, you know what, this is the one last thing that I'm holding on to. And I do not like that. I feel the need to have it. And I just went cold turkey. And I said, this is it. This is my last one. And I thought, okay, I've done this before. I've done cleanses where I've had to stop drinking coffee. And, oh, boy, I have about a two-day headache that just about knocks me down. And I had already changed my diet quite dramatically before I went off coffee. So I said, interesting. I says, I'm prepared. I'm prepared to go through the two days of the headache and deal with it to get over with it. And so I went up. And the next morning I woke up and... It was about 10 o'clock in the morning. I said, you know what? I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it coming on, the headache. I'm feeling it. And I don't typically get headaches. That's just not a thing for me. Um, and it was there for about a half hour, and then it was gone. And, I, and nothing more came out of it. And I thought, hmm, interesting. And it's interesting because I look back, and I've never I've never had any desire to have it again. Now, there have been a, now my wife drinks a lot of coffee. Um, I make her a pot of coffee every single morning. You know, I do that, but I have no desire to drink it. So a couple times I've tested myself throughout the last year, saying, mm, let me just take a little sip. And it's like, no, don't really care for that. Don't really want that anymore. When, when in fact, literally, I was drinking probably eight or ten cups of coffee a day. I mean, that's how much I was drinking at the time and have not now had any in a year and, and have no desire to go back. So, again, it's about choices that you make. You know, whether it be drinking, smoking, coffee, carbohydrates, whatever you make, it is a choice you make. Nobody is forcing you to put that up to your mouth, you know, and, and take that in. Whether you ingest it, inhale it, inject it, whatever you do, nobody's forcing you to do that. So it's a choice. So it, it's it's hard for me sometimes when people say, well, that's too hard. It's like, okay, well, then pay the consequences, you know. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna force anybody to do anything. I'll suggest. I'll guide. I'll coach. I'll do whatever I need to do. But you got to do it for yourself. And if you're not willing to do that, that's okay. You know, it's 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 a choice. You know, my kids over the years have you know you know they're going like you know they sometimes think I'm a little too extreme. I don't force it on them ever. You know, and it's like, but but again, as a result of that, they're far more conscious about what they eat, what they drink, what they're exposed to, you know, 
my my one daughter is very you know she is very specific about you know soaps or lotions or laundry soap or anything like that that she utilizes she's very conscious about toothpaste you know anything like that you know she eats a, a, what I would call a clean diet um, not my ideal diet but a, a very clean diet meaning whole food you know not all the processed stuff not all the seed oils and all that other garbage processed stuff that um, you know so she doesn't eat that way you know and all my kids do that you know my the two that live foreign my daughter in Thailand my son in Norway you know those countries are quite different than we are you know they are very conscious about their food and you know the whole food and and uh, um, basically eating from nature and not all the processed stuff so you know again it makes a difference and how do their obesity rates um in rate? a, yet well in thailand you don't see too many fat people right you just don't you just don't and even in you know in norway you just i mean i've seen many pictures and photographs and things like that you just don't see that are there some i'm sure there are that it's not that it, it's it's always existed but again, we talked about this on the last show, you know, when they showed back in the, you know, like 100 years ago, they showed the fattest man in the world, you know, and they, they paraded him around the world and he was like 350 pounds, you know, and it's like, that's nothing today. Yeah. You know, my own, my twin brother seven months ago weighed 350 pounds, all right? And in seven months right now, he is down 75 pounds and he is off all of his insulin. He was on 160 units of insul- injectable insulin a day on top of all other kinds of medication. He is off all of his insulin, taking Brutal. zero, okay, because of what he's chosen to put in his mouth. He finally listened to me after many, many, many years, okay? So he feels better physically, mentally, He's like a different person already. He's got a ways to go, but but – he has he has hope now you know that's the that's the thing that kind of that that's the thing that kind of warms my heart is he actually has hope and a purpose like he can get through this 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 man couldn't walk more than 20 feet without assistance right. okay he's out and about going to the he's actually doing his own grocery shopping now and he's doing things and he's not dependent on you know other things for physical support you know and he's he's regaining his life and, you know, he's on a mission now. He's really sticking to it. He gets a little frustrated along the way, but he's sticking to it. He hasn't backed down, and uh, it's paying off. You know, he's got probably another 100 pounds to lose, but he's, you know, in seven months, he's lost 75 pounds. I'd say that's pretty darn good. And the fact that he's off all his insulin. Well, that's the thing. He's and and will soon be off all of his other um, his blood pressure medications. His uh, he's still on oral medication for his diabetes, and but that's going to go too. And the statin drugs for cholesterol and that stuff. Now he has certain medications that he must take because they are life saving for him because of some health conditions he has. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the classics, the blood pressure, the blood sugar, and the cholesterol, those will all be gone. I'm sure within within this you know within by the time he's been on this a year. Nice. And again, people say, well, I couldn't do that. It's like, oh, then don't. Right. <laughs> then don't. But you're going to pay the consequences as a result of that. And that's that's the thing that really bothers me is that, you know, we sit there and we literally watch people die in front of us. And all of that could have been changed as a direct result of just what they're putting on their plate. 
I, it, it, it truly blows my mind when I see what we literally do to ourselves, you know. And again, it's not just your intention. It's the media. It's the advertising. It's the, they, you know, marketing, there's a psychology to marketing. They know exactly what to do. And again, realize this, sugar carbohydrates stimulate the dopamine centers within our brain, which make us want that. You know, we crave that. We want that, you know, so. Makes you know, us happy. Yeah, it does. And it does. It gives you, it does give you that. There's no doubt about it. It gives you that satisfaction for the moment. The problem is you need that satisfaction again an hour later and again and again and again. Right. And that's where I choose not to. I don't want anything to have that kind of control over me that I need to have that cup of coffee or I need to have that donut or I need to have that big bowl of pasta. I don't need to do that. Mm-hmm. And it, there's a there's a huge freedom that comes with that when you can free yourself up so that you're not no longer tempted. I'm not tempted by that. My wife is an amazing baker. She's uh, there is almost never a time when on my counter there isn't baked goods. Mm. Okay, and I am not tempted to touch that because I've gotten past that. You know, now she looks at that as possibly being like, you know, like. I don't like it. No, I love her stuff. Believe me, she makes an incredible. She makes the best chocolate chip cookie I've ever had. She makes this incredible coffee cake, and you know, she just she really does do an amazing job. It's just I don't like what effect that has on me, and that's why I chose not to do that. You know, it's not to offend her or to make her feel bad or anything else. It's just that my body doesn't like that. It doesn't respond favorably to that. Right, you know. Well, well, mine does. So if there's any left yes. over, don't be afraid to bring it over in two weeks. <laughs> Everybody loves her stuff. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Because again, it's about that that fix that that stimulation to that dopamine center. It's about that that make you feel good. Okay, mm-hmm. you take a what well, you take one of her chocolate chip cookies that are about three minutes out of the oven when they're still warm and, and stuff. Oh my God, there is just nothing, there's nothing better than that. Oh, hot cup of and I still have memories of that and think, oh my God, that's just amazing. However, there's a price to pay for that. And now if you say, well, oh, moderation, oh, a little bit won't hurt you. No, a little bit always leads to more, always. Okay? Because that's, that's been my experience. That's what those are designed to do. See, I couldn't sit down and eat a few potato chips. I will eat the entire bag in a sitting. Okay, Uh, you know, that's just the way those things work on my brain. And I just choose not to do that. So for you also out there, it's your choice. Do it or don't. But again, there's consequences for that. So enough said. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Dr. Ken Kerbs here on NASA Pro and WLVL 1340 AM and WLVL.com. And again, if you missed any of this great programming, go to WLVL.com, hit the podcast button. And you can listen to it anytime your little heart desires. Final thoughts, Doc? You got about a half a minute. I have a half a minute, final thoughts. You know what? Just, if, if nothing else, just be conscious about what you're doing. So many times we literally eat unconsciously and we do things unconsciously. Just put some thought behind it and say, you know, does this, does this give me benefit or is this going to hurt me in the long run? Make that choice. All right. Words of wisdom from Dr. Ken Curbs. We'll see you in a couple of weeks, Doc. Thanks so much. Have a great day.